This podcast is brought to you by Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. But I just want to pray one more time before um, I get into the word today. Lord, I just I thank you so much for your presence in this place and what you are doing. Lord, the um, territory that is yours, you said you've given us the nations. And Lord, I thank you for what you've even shown me this morning about that, that very scripture and about your heart for the nations. And Lord, I, I thank you that we get to do it together as family. You, you're the best daddy. <laughs> None compares to you. You're amazing. And Lord, I just say, have your way today. Have your way. Um, and again, before I get into kind of the message that I had, I apologize, Bruno, for some extra today. But um, we're in the upper room praying, which you're all invited, um, 8 45 to 9.30, yes, I'm like a little overwhelmed by his presence, so I'm trying to think of everything that he's given me. I'm just surrendered to him, and he's going to bring to remembrance what needs to be brought, but uh, it's so exciting right now, the time that we're living in. Um, we have a, a friend, Vili, that is from South Africa. He works for Joshua Nations now, and six years ago, the Lord showed him, I thought I had all these dingers off, but they're ding, ding, ding. Um, the Lord uh, gave him this vision for the Congo and to go to the Congo. He's there right now. Six years and he's there and I'm believing for just the glory of God to be manifest. Um, the Lord was even showing me in, in worship you know, the, the scripture, it's like the catch the fire scripture. If you were to ask, um, which I did a while back when we joined, I asked Kate and Duncan, like, um, especially because of our churches in Sierra Leone, um, they had a, a scripture and it was wrote on the wall. And, you know, you have to have vision, right? You have to have vision and know where you're going. And so their main scripture is that um, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover all the earth. Well, I'm thinking about, I know people in Cuba right now, I know people from here that are in Thailand right now, and then the Congo, and New York, and God is just breaking loose everywhere, <laughs> and Boulder. <laughs> and so, he's just been showing me more and more about, so he's omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. But that scripture says the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the face of the earth. So it's like with everything else in the kingdom. We have it. He already paid the price for it. But we need the knowledge of it. We need the understanding of how we walk it out. Like, what do we do with that? Um, so he's showing me in... The Congo, anybody that goes to the upper room to pray or anything, you'll see we've got a couple different maps. And one map is um, uh, from the martyr group. I can't think of their name right now. 
Voice of the Martyrs. And so it shows everything that's in light blue is fairly open to Christianity. And then it's got like yellow, and that's, there's a little bit more restriction with Christianity. And then there's black, and that's like heavily restricted, like people, you know, dying, very restricted. So you've got, the Congo is actually in the blue. And then you've got a little more restriction in Uganda, which we were there a few years back. And then you have Somalia that is black. And I saw, I kind of hung back after corporate prayer this morning. I was praying over different places. And he showed me what's happening right now in the Congo. It's going to go through the yellow there into Uganda and out to Samaria, um, Samaria, <laughs> Somalia. <laughs> Right? That's what it does, right? Here in Jerusalem and, you know, to the other, other ends of the earth. But, so I was just looking up a little bit more on that, and it has the longest coastland in Africa. So I'm like, of course you are, because I love the beach. I'm going to Somalia. No. <laughs> so, Lord, whenever you want, I say yes. I say yes. But, um... Whoa, I don't know what this thing just did. We get to talk about family today. This is doing something it's never done. We'll see here. Okay. <laughs> Weird. And it is so cool that we get to talk about uh, family because we have, where did she go? A daughter in the house, home. <sighs> home from Honduras, Janice, give a wave. Everybody make sure that you bless Janice, whether it's a scripture, a prayer, cash. I want her to be overwhelmed with her visit home today, okay? Is that a amen? Anybody? Anywhere? Can you do that? You can give a hug or a scripture or some cash, right? It's not easy being a missionary in Honduras, is it? No, not so much. <laughs> Doesn't mean that there's a lack of joy, but there's challenges, and she needs our support, so glad she's here. We are um, kind of in the middle of a series on family, and Joel started us out. It was amazing. I gleaned so much from that. We had Bruno uh, last week, and I'm going to talk today, and then we got Isaac woo -woo, next week. <laughs> um, family. Wow. You guys truly are, and I've seen it um, over these past um, few weeks like never before. And so I just want to thank you again. Um, we continue to get cards and things in the mail, and we're overwhelmed, um, not just you know from here, but all over the, the world. The family of God is powerful, you guys. It is powerful. I'm, I know, like, you know, you know, when you're going through a tough time and you know you're not going it alone, I mean, we know, we know. God said he'd never leave us, he'd never forsake us, and he doesn't. He is there. He is that constant, faithful father, always, always there. But then he sends brothers and sisters to help you. <laughs> help you focus, help you 
pay the bills, help you eat, help you raise your children, help you in every area of life. There's just no area that he wants untouched, that there's not family touching it. And so that's what we've seen here, you know, for the past over 18 years, and it's just increasing. It's, it's so good. And so I've got this passion for the local church because I've seen, I've seen its beauty. I've seen its power, and I don't care how messy it can be sometimes, how dysfunctional it can be sometimes. I have a passion for the local church, for the family of God. And you that have been here for a while, you know we are more family than um, a business, than some mega church where we kind of don't know what's going on in each other's lives. We're pretty good at um, staying in touch and reaching out and uh, walking with one another. And that's We're called to make disciples of the nations, right? So that starts where you're planted. So that starts with walking with the people here in this room. If this is where you've called, you know, family, then it's time to get to know one another and walk with one another. It's so important because... Um, how you view something is how you interact with it, right? And so if you view the church as something other than family, you're going to interact with it differently. But if you view it as family, then it takes on a whole new flavor. You've got a whole new vision. Family, just like um, if somebody says, father, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people and not always good. But we are to do everything that we can to emulate our Father in heaven, right? Jesus said, I only see what I do the Father, I do what I see the Father do. I hear what I do, sorry, I say what I hear the Father say. And so that is part of being family, is training our eyes and training our ears, training our senses to be able to see him and hear him, that then we walk that out. We all need help. I need help, I'll just say. <laughs> I won't speak for all of you. I need help. I need help walking that out. Um, even in this time where I've just been through a lot emotionally, losing a son and a father within a few weeks of each other, like, I could get off if I don't have you around me, holding me up and, you know, keeping me <laughs> in the right direction. I need help. Anybody else? Okay, a couple. All right. <laughs> the good news is we're here to help each other. <laughs> we don't have to go it alone. Um, and God intended that way. As Americans, um, we are really big on customer service, right? Have you ever uh, went to a restaurant and maybe you have to wait forever to, to get a glass of water or even a menu or even anybody acknowledge, oh, there's somebody sitting at this table, maybe I should <laughs> approach them and take their order. And, in America, we, we're kind of like, hmm, what's going on here? You know, it's not right. Well, 
you, we've talked about it before, but like in Australia, sorry, I love Australia. My kids are there. I love it. But customer service um, there and other places, it's not so important <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. They don't, um, you don't tip. And so I think there's that, you know, they're going to make the same every hour, the same wage, whether they do a good job or not. And so you will, like, sit there forever before you're like, yeah, can I maybe see a menu? Can I maybe get a glass of water? Something? Hello? Anybody there? One time we were like, just trying to pay the bill after we got through everything. It's like, certainly you want our money, right? And trying to get somebody's attention to pay the bill is like, oh my. There's just, we're used to good customer service and some places have none, zip, zero, zilch. And if you were to look at um, your home as a restaurant, what would that look like? If I came home and I sat there at the table and I like, waited for somebody to bring me a glass of water. <sighs> hmm, I might be waiting a while, you know? And I might say, hey, is anybody gonna bring me a glass of water? Like, what's up with this place, you know? And then Emily would probably be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why aren't you getting your own water, you know? Our eight-year-old granddaughter, like, what's going on around here? And Steve would be like, well, they're so kind, I don't know. They would probably be like, oh, well, We'll get you some water, honey. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably have good customer service. Maybe not the best example. What about you come in here and you view it like a restaurant instead of a family, instead of a home? You come in here and you sit down and you're like, hmm, who's, who's supposed to serve me today? You know, like, I could, I could sure go for a bottle of water. Hmm. Hmm. You want a bottle of water, Sean? <laughs> like, yeah. How we view things makes a big difference, and we shouldn't come into our homes, shouldn't come into this home, into this family, with that same viewpoint of, well, how are they going to serve me today? If, if you view it as a family, you're not going to do that. You're going to be interacting. Hey, how you doing? How was your week? You know, catching up, um, sharing some of life, life's hurts and struggles and praying for one another, uh, just like you would at home. And so our view of things is so important. Our, our house isn't a hotel. This place isn't a hotel. I can't uh, come home and, and walk in my room and be like, I can't believe this bed isn't made. Like, what am I paying for? <laughs> My bed's unmade. The clothes are on the, the floor. Like, nothing's been dusted. Like, we're used to in a hotel, you come back and it's all nice and neat and orderly. We try around here so that things are nice and neat and orderly when you, when you come in, but at the same time, if you see a piece of trash on the ground, pick it up and throw it away, because you're family. It's not a, well, that's not my job. It's not, a, it's not a business, and so there's not jobs, but it's family. And so 
you have to view it from that point. You have to get your mind lined up with what God says in his word. Um, we are, we're so not perfect around here, but um, in the very beginning, God gave us a mission statement. He gave us values and different things that, you know, set that course. And one of those is building strong families. Well, it starts here. We need to be a strong family and support one another. In our homes, we need to be strong and support one another. So then we can see that in our neighborhoods and in our cities and in the nation and the nations. And it's happening. It's happening. It's that the knowledge of his glory. As we get the knowledge, then it's manifested then we see it with our own two eyes. And it's not just this far out, out of reach kind of thing. Um, we hope some of you that have been here for a while, you know that you can't pick out our leadership by, we don't have our pictures out there on the wall with titles under them or above them, right? <laughs> but we hope that you would know who the leaders are here because we are picking up trash. We are praying for one another. We are visiting in homes and in hospitals, and we're just family. Let that show you who's, who's leading the way. When you see people busy running around doing stuff, you can pretty much say, oh, they, they must be a leader here. And you know what God says? <laughs> they were all leaders. <laughs> The priesthood of all believers, we've all got a part to play, just like in a family. There's no, um, there's not supposed to be anybody sitting on the sidelines. I heard, uh, gosh, a sermon years ago, I can't even think of who it was by now, but they were talking about like a Thanksgiving um, family meal and how everybody just kind of pitches in and, you know, all right, let me get the peeler and peel potatoes, all right, let me chop some onion, whatever it is. But then there can be this um, uncle that's just kind of sitting over there on the, the couch doing nothing and how awkward that is <laughs> if the rest of the family is like <laughs> busy pitching in and helping and then there's, you know, I don't know, uncle whatever, uncle Mike's over there <laughs> just like kicking back, doing nothing. It's kind of like, there's something wrong with that picture. You know, we've all got a part to, to play. And so we want to say to everybody, jump in. Jump in. If you see something that needs to be done, like, you need to jump in. If you um, haven't been, like, to our new friends lunch or our core values, obviously we're not saying, like, jump into a leadership role because we want to make sure that you have our heart and we're all on the same page. We don't want any confusion um, or division going on, but a lot of you have went through those things and can still see you kind of like hanging back going, eh, I don't know if I really want to do anything. Well, um, how do I say this nicely? <laughs> I don't care if you want to do anything. <laughs> Family all pitches in and does something, okay? So get up and get with it. Do it. 
<laughs> do it. <laughs> um, Another um, good way to get plugged in is actually, um, it, it was supposed to be in the announcements, but those didn't work, but Joshua Nation's um, Bible Institute, John and Sharon, you want to wave? If, like, you're already a part of more than this, um, if this is your, your family, because we have the churches in um, Sierra Leone, and we're part of Catch the Fire, you're part of this worldwide thing, but then we've got Joshua Nations also that are all over the world and breaking into unreached people groups. And you can actually come and study the same thing that they're studying all over the world, which is just biblical foundation. And it starts September 13th. It's only $100 for the whole year. Come on. And you can break that up. You can do 25 a quarter. It's like as easy as can be. Tuesday nights for a couple hours. We've had people that have doctorate degrees go to this school. It's not about um, what kind of certification. It's about studying the Bible with other believers and digging into the Word, and it is, it is so good. Um, if you're a teacher, just real quick, raise your hand or give a wave for Joshua Nations. All right. Honey, you're teaching too. <laughs> so there's a few of us um, that that teach, and it is just rich every week, um, packed full of just depth of scripture um, that you get to then apply to your lives and build relationship with the other students in the class. And so is anybody thinking about starting in September? Just even a little thought. One, I know there's more than that. Two, three, did I hear? Okay. I think there's more than that, too. I can't encourage you enough. Like, oh, it is so good. And um, as you go through that, you'll see even on a bigger scale what Joshua Nations is doing all over the world. And it's mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Let me see where we're at here. Here at the church in the upper room. Tuesday nights, 6.30 to 8.30. Yep. Hey, we got it. All right. Is that Brittany being on top of things? Woohoo! Family, working together. Registration's open. See John or Sharon. Um, so the Bible says that when you become a part of God's family, it actually says you're part of the household. So again, if you walk in here and you're viewing this as a household, how does that change your interaction? Then maybe you're not just so apt to hang in the, the back and sit there and wait for somebody to approach you, but maybe you're a little more out there trying to meet people um, trying to see where you can help. There's a lot of different analogies in the Bible about the church of God, right? We're called soldiers, you know, the old song, I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, but God didn't send his son to redeem employees or soldiers. He sent him to redeem sons and daughters it's, 
It's above that thing of being a soldier. Sons and daughters in the household of God. That's where we're at. Um, when you read the writings of Paul, you might notice a lot of his family language. Or if you haven't, go back and read them. Um, even in Ephesians 4, just this language of family. Kind of be on the lookout for that. But in Ephesians uh, 4, 11 through 15, it actually talks about that we should no longer be children, but we should be growing up in this process of sanctification. We know we don't like get saved and then we're completely made perfect. Our spirit is, our spirit's made perfect, but uh, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, there's the sanctification process that, that happens. And you know what? That's natural in a family. When we're like raising our daughter, we raised her <laughs> to leave, didn't know it was going to be the other side of the world in Australia, but <laughs> that's what God had for her. But you, you raise them to hear his voice. You raise them to see what he's doing and follow after him. You raise them to be mature and grow, and then they, in turn, get to raise others to mature and grow. Um, it's a maturity thing. Family is a natural goal when it comes to even ministry here because we're a family. And so it's this thing of fathers and mothers don't just have sons and daughters, but fathers and mothers have fathers and mothers that then have fathers and mothers. And that's where we see like a, a lot of church and different things have gotten it wrong. There's just been like too much, I don't know, uh, unhealthy kind of control and not really raising up more mothers and fathers. But it's, it's been a little out of whack and it's time to get things aligned correctly. Okay. Um, so this is where there can be confusion sometimes. If, you know, we're trying to raise up more mothers and fathers, and people are like, um, why, like, I'm good right where I'm at. Like, I don't need any help. <laughs> They're not viewing it from that place of family, that we're all to come alongside each other and encourage one another in this sanctification maturity process. Now, there has to be, um, we talked a lot before about bridges. You can't just walk up to anybody in this room and be like, you know, even if you're very loving, I think you really need to pray more or read your Bible more, or, you know, trying to nudge them in a healthy way. If there's no bridge there, they're going to be like, well, who are you <laughs> telling me what to do? But you, you build bridges that then can um, handle words that can be weighty, you know, um, to where you can speak into each other's life. And then there's that receptivity there that goes, oh, you know what, you're right. I really, I haven't been as passionate as I should be lately about 
being in the in the word and even studying it with others and it's that iron sharpening iron and we get to mature together and we get to grow together and you can't do that unless you're involved somehow just showing up on a sunday morning and sitting here it, it doesn't happen that way <laughs> it just doesn't um so we help people mature by speaking into their life after building some relationship, building some bridge. And that can require some time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And everybody's different. Some people, boy, you just hit it off right away. And they're hungry. And they want to receive. And you know what? It goes both ways. I've said many times, I'm accountable to you guys. It's not just, we don't do the whole hierarchy thing <laughs> here where, no but I'm accountable to you, and if you see something in my life that's out of whack, I want to know what you see. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> like that, but you still never gave me a picture of it. He kept telling me I was like crooked on my motorcycle. I'm like, I was trying to like <laughs> sit up straight. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, moving on. We all know I need help. <laughs> so I opened myself up to that one, didn't I? <laughs> um, but why... <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> why would someone want help? Why would someone want somebody to speak truth into their life? For growth. For growth. And what did Bruno talk about last week? Blind spots? We've all got them. Didn't he say that? And we know that. We know we all have blind spots. And so if we don't ever open ourselves up for somebody to speak into our lives, they're going to continue to be blind, and we could fall, have an accident, get in a bad position. And we don't want to do that. Yeah. So... With that, nobody, nobody should believe in you more than family. Nobody should be cheering you on more than family, right? That's, that's what the way family should be. I know not everybody has had you know, the ideal um, situation, but it doesn't matter. In God's kingdom, in God's family, I mean, he's our biggest cheerleader. He's continuously, Steve and I were listening to it, um, a podcast this morning. I can't think of who it was now. Oh, it was from Michael Brodeur and um, Leaders Alliance. But this guy was talking about, he began to think of the scripture that says God's thoughts towards you are more than the like um, sand, each little piece of sand on the seashore, right? And he actually, he was like, so I got to thinking. Yeah. Google? How, like how many <laughs> pieces of sand is that? He broke it all the way down. Obviously, nobody knows for sure. But he came up with something like <clears throat> 14,000 thoughts a second that God has towards us. <laughs> each individually, 14,000 each second. God is thinking about us. That's like, ha. Oh overwhelming and so and we know what the scripture says that his thoughts are towards us are good 
Ah, they are not for, for harm, not for evil. And so with all this, if you actually view the church as something other than family, your growth is going to be stunted. There's just no other way around it. Um, if you don't have the proper biblical view of what God says his church is, which is family, your growth will be stunted. And that's no fun. <laughs> um, I've had the joy of being invited to, to many of your homes, and I know that um, you always, um, you make us feel so welcome. And I guess that's kind of what we're seeing we desire more here, is for each individual person, when you come here, this is your home, and so make others feel welcome, just like you would if they were coming to your home. If somebody came to your home, you just wouldn't be like sitting off in the, the corner ignoring them, right? No, you, you get up, you go to the door, you say, come on in. You know, if you don't know them, you introduce yourselves. <laughs> it's just, how are we viewing this place? How are we viewing each other? We're, we're family. And I know I, sorry, Bruno, kind of skipped over some stuff and ran around different things, but um, I wanted to just kind of wrap up. I've got a few words of knowledge, but also I wanted to, whoop, I can see it. I'll have to find my glasses. Um, read. Yes. <laughs> da -da -da. As things are just um, breaking forth everywhere right now, I want us to be, again, have the right perspective and the right view on things. And so whether you've come from a, a background of where you've seen lots of signs, wonders, miracles, um, or not. I mean, all you have to do is read your Bible, and it's from cover to cover. <laughs> but this is a story of A.A. Um, a. Allen and a healing revival meeting. Anybody ever heard of A.A. A. Allen? Okay, a few. Amazing healing revivalist. Just as I read this, um, I felt like there's definitely people in here that um, knees. And I saw like um, new sockets, um, new cartilage uh, coming into to knees this morning. So as I read this, first of all, if you need anything with your knees, go ahead and stand. If you need anything else that Holy Spirit like highlights to you while I'm reading this, I want you to stand. And God, he gives words of knowledge because... I mean, he's already done it. He already took the stripes on his back for our healing. And then it's, it's like a prophetic act of we're going, yeah, I believe that this is for me today, and I'm going to receive it. So this is just 
a really cool miracle that happened. A mother from Knoxville brought her son for prayer. David was almost three years old and had been called the most underdeveloped boy ever born in Tennessee. He was paralyzed on his right side, blind in one eye, deaf and mute. He couldn't even crawl because his limbs were twisted sticks, like twisted sticks, and his feet were deformed. All total, he had 26 major diseases or defects in his body. His mother had been told by one doctor, only God can hope, help your boy now. Well, David's mother took that statement literally. <laughs> when she heard that Alan would be holding meetings in Birmingham, she knew she had to get there. This was in 1959. She was a single mom with a special needs child. This was no small task. Although it cost her all she had, she drove the 250 miles alone with her boy to get him to the revival. The great physician did not disappoint. If you are whew, needing any kind of breakthrough today, physically, emotionally, begin to even uh, pray and thank the Lord now. Stand up and take it. What happened at that meeting in Birmingham is called the greatest miracle of A.A. Allen's ministry. As Allen held the boy in his arms and wept over him, suddenly two bright blue pupils appeared, where once there was only the milky gray of blindness. The boy's limbs began to morph like putty into the correct shape. Whew. His tongue, which had hung out of his mouth limply before, snapped inside his mouth as he began to call out his first words, Mama, Mama. And when he caught sight of her, he took his first steps to go embrace his mother. He was completely healed. However, the Lord did not end there. God wasn't going to leave anything unfinished. The tent was full of people with significant needs. Any significant needs here today? I say yes. Each one of you standing has a significant need that God sees. It is not unnoticed, and it's not that he does not care. We don't know what the holdup's been in the manifestation of the breakthrough or the healing that you need, but today is, is the day. He already paid the price. Spontaneously, with no one praying for them, every person in a wheelchair stood up together, totally healed. Every person in a stretcher got up the same way. Are you seeing it? See it in your mind's eye. See it. See this healing that happened. See your healing happening. People began running to the front so they could throw their hearing aids on the altar. Come on. <laughs> then came the glasses. Can you imagine? An altar filled. <laughs> hearing aids, glasses, canes. Um, yeah, then came the walking sticks for the blind. Every single person was healed as the glory of God rested under the tent that night. That is our God. This was 1959. Not that long ago. And there's been a whole lot of happening since then. A whole lot of dead raising. <laughs> 
blind eyes open, deaf ears opened. I just want you to be aware of his presence right now without anybody praying. There's no mood music. There doesn't have to be. He's here. He's here. If you can test anything out, and we'll wait just a little bit, okay, Lauren? Um, if you can test anything out um, to see if anything has been healed, go ahead and, and do that now. Begin to thank him no matter where you're at. If you're noticing a difference or if you're not noticing a difference, I love that one song that we do a lot of times, praise before the breakthrough. (laughs) He is good no matter what we feel, right? Joel reminded me after uh, the death of our son. It was hard, but he reminded me, well, am I going to live by my feelings? Hmm. Or am I going to live according to the truth that God is good? Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Lord. If there's anything you can test out, keep testing it out. And if you are 80% or better, um, just wave your hand at me. Okay, see that hand. Thank you, Lord. We love you, give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If it's something that you can't physically test right now, but you believe you feel heat or electricity or something, you know that there's a work being done within your body, go ahead and wave your hand at me. Okay, see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good. You are good. We're going to go in to some worship, continuing to believe for healing and breakthrough. But if um, now or at any point in that, if you want to come up and share a testimony about what God's doing, uh, the the scripture we talked about this morning in the upper room, um, that the spirit, now my brain, this... No, it's, we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. That's why I was confused. I was thinking of a different scripture. So the word of our testimony is so good, and it breaks it open for others. Just like in this A.A. Allen meeting, they saw that little boy that only God, the medical community couldn't have done anything for him. Only God. And as they saw his limbs begin to straighten out and his eyes take form, everything that happened in that body, then healing broke out everywhere. So share what God's doing with you, and we're going to believe for the more. Why not believe that every single person here, just like in that meeting there, walks out of here healed today, changed, made whole? We know there's already part of that that happens. We can't be in his presence and not be changed. But the thing that you're believing for, physically, emotionally, that that would have a breakthrough today. Okay. Thanks, Lauren. Go ahead. 